Welcome to the Hotness Teaching Show. I'm your host, Danielle Alana. Here on the podcast, we'll be talking about all things education. We'll be discussing the good, the bad, the ugly things about public education, and every hot mess moment in between. Most importantly, when you join me here for a podcast episode, I hope that you leave this space feeling inspired, encouraged, and more confident in yourself and your own teaching abilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's jump into today's show. So I want to start out by just really giving a huge shout out to all of you guys and saying thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone who has supported the podcast so far, who shared the podcast. I've talked to you guys and I'm like absolutely blown away that the podcast is resonating with so many people and I just want to let you know how appreciative and thankful and grateful I am for that. So housekeeping note, wherever you're listening, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you are sharing this, share it with your friends. You can also share on your Instagram stories and tag me at Hot Miss Teaching. This is going to help my podcast be more visible to others and expose it to people who don't even know me, but it may be helpful to them. So that's my hope about the podcast that we can just share it and that it can help someone. That's really my heart behind this. So today's episode, uh, as you can tell by the title, it's my why. My why. So my hope is that after listening to my story, you might remember your own why. We have experienced one of the most tumultuous years of teaching in the 2020-21 school year. And it is so important, I think, for us to revisit often, especially in rough years of teaching, why we got into this business in the first place. What, what, whatever made us consider teaching in the first place. So as I was getting ready to record this episode, I saw this on Facebook and I felt like this was such a perfect segue or introduction to this episode. So it was an image and this is what the image said. Why did you become a teacher? So they have three main reasons and I'm going to explain the three reasons to you just reading from what the image says. I want you guys to think through this and I want to see if these why reasons of becoming a teacher resonate with you in your own life. All right, so the first reason, past traumas. You wanted to prevent others, children, or teens from experiencing the traumatic events you endured as a child. Past traumas. Number two, influenced by another. You really enjoyed a specific teacher as a child or a teen and decided to follow in their footsteps. They helped you to see that you can help so many others by teaching. And the last one, legacy. Someone in your family was a teacher and you decided to follow in their footsteps. So you guys will have to at me on uh, Twitter. I barely use Twitter. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or contact me via Instagram and tell me, um, do any of these relate to why you became a teacher? For me, I don't think kind of sort of maybe one of them but I don't think it's super in line with why I became a teacher but um this question for me is gonna date back to high school why did I become a teacher which was such a long time ago I cannot believe I'm out of high school for this many years but I'm still here so glory be to God um 
for me, high school was a pretty significant time in my life. I don't know how long ago it was for you, but it was super significant. And I remember specifically, we had our senior projects and we had to map out our entire life. So as far as me, as far as a career, it was super simple. I wanted to study computer information systems. That was it. And I was going to make approximately 80 to 100 thousand dollars annually spoiler alert that did not happen one of the major obstacles for me though was math and I know some of you math teachers are listening like oh it shouldn't have been an obstacle because we don't want to have our students struggling so much in, in math that they can't you know succeed in life or do whatever they dreamed of doing but math was a huge obstacle and you probably can personally relate to that or have a student who who doesn't who who does well in reading all their other subjects but they struggle in math. So essentially for me that dream died. When I entered into college, I was an undecided major and I really really wanted to be a lawyer. Like honestly, honest to goodness, I wanted to be a lawyer. I had some of my family members who were in the criminal justice system, you know. They had been to jail and stuff like that, and I wanted to become a defense attorney. Like, that's what I wanted to do. But I was unwilling to make that time commitment when I found out that you have to go to undergrad, and then you have to pass the bar, then you got to go to, well, you got to go to law school, you got to pass the bar. Basically, it was just too much of a time commitment for me. So fast forward, and I am a year into college. My first year is done, and I am still an undecided major. And people like to tell college students, oh, you have plenty of time. You can decide. But I would never tell a college student that. Like, you need to decide as early on as possible because of my indecision. I basically graduated one year late, but that's the story for another day. So that summer, my first year's done. I'm done with freshman year, and I go back home to be with my family. But I was a working young woman, so I always took on all these jobs. So I think that particular summer, I had two jobs. So the first job was working at McDonald's. I wasn't too excited about that, but hey, I figured I'm going to be making some summer cash, so whatever. And the next job that I took was a summer job working at a daycare. And to be honest, I really didn't want the job, but I, I figured, you know, this is all I can find at short notice. And I was prepared, like as I went into it, I was prepared to thoroughly hate the position and just make it work for some summer cash. So on the first day of my work at the daycare, um, I met the owner, which I wasn't expecting to meet the owner. I didn't know it was like a small daycare. I had no clue what I was walking into. So I met the owner, and she was basically like, you are in charge of this three-year-old class. And I was like, what? What? And this was mind-blowing for me because I was 18 years old. So I had three students in my class, and she told me that I was responsible for planning their days. I had to teach them their numbers, their colors, their letter sounds, and we even had a music block that I was in charge of. Me and the kids were running around with little instruments, banging on them. It was quite the experience. But in all honesty, what I can say is this experience absolutely changed me. It absolutely changed me. And after almost one day, 
I felt so passionate about what I did at the daycare. Like, like I felt so passionate and I was like, I had to, I had, I had to do this. Like I began to imagine what it was like to become an actual teacher. And then, okay, so keep in mind with the timeline, I'm still undecided major. I started imagining what it would be like to be a teacher. And then I heard this quote, I used to live by quotes, but I heard the quote, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life, which, you know, it's pretty idealistic right now. But I knew that I was going to go back to school in fall and I was going to declare my major as early childhood education. So in my state where I lived, early early childhood education constituted kindergarten to fifth grade. But I was just, or pre-K to fifth grade, I was just over the moon. I had finally made the decision of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I was so passionate about it. I feel like I hear these quotes and these different types of words, like those who actually believe that they can change the world, they wind up doing it. Like they, they'll do it. So I was on a mission. I was going to change the world one child at a time. My life was so completely different back then than it is now, but I remember preparing to be a teacher, being in my undergrad classes, learning all about the sciences of teaching and learning about issues in education, just just learning all things teacher education and being so hype about being a teacher. Someone told me that I should like start buying little things for my one day classroom that I just imagined that I would have. Like it wasn't a real thing, but they were like, if you believe that one day you will be a teacher, then maybe you should start like kind of preparing for that. Like just buying small things here and there. And I'd like buy these little small things like a pack of pencils in Walmart. And I would just put it into like a little storage bin. And I'd be like, you know, one day I hope that I will become a teacher. And I was just full of that fire, that passion. I do wish that I had a bit of it still left today because if I can be completely honest, this system, it will just grind a person down to dust. So if you are brand new and you're listening to this, in order to beat the system, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself working within the system. That is my best advice to you. But the passion was there for me. And then going back to the three things that I presented at the beginning of the podcast, talking about why did you become a teacher? Was it past trauma, influenced by another, or legacy? I really didn't feel like I resonated with any of these, but the one that I keep on circling back to is influenced by another. I was in a pretty unique situation growing up in elementary school. I think I had approximately... Three black teachers, that's just a quick guess. I'm not counting it out because it'll take me too long. I have baby brain all the way. But I think I had approximately three black teachers. Um, And I just remember having a teacher that looked like me, how cool that was. And the representation was there for me. So I saw other people who looked like me in the teaching profession, which was really profound considering I grew up in a very rural, predominantly white area that I had so many um, black or African-American teachers, it's super surprising because we don't have a lot of black teachers in the school district. So the fact that I had three, I always wonder how subconsciously did those teachers that I saw in my early years, did that really influence me to 
later on become a teacher, like subconsciously. I wonder, did that influence me? I know for those of you guys listening to this podcast, your reason why you became a teacher is probably way different from mine. But I think the thing with almost every educator, everybody remembers the reason why. Everybody remembers that day that you said, yes, this is what I'm going to pursue. Whether that was a reluctant pursuing it because you wanted to do something else and you felt like all your other options didn't work out. Or maybe your mom was a teacher and your grandma was a teacher. So it was a legacy decision. You had seen so many wonderful educators in your life and you wanted to make a difference in the lives of others. Either way, whatever your why is, I just want you to really hone in and hone in on that and focus on it because oftentimes after really, really rough years, we can't really see our way. Like you can't see the forest for all the trees. Like you can't see your next steps. And if that is in the classroom, you you just feel completely weighed down. So I encourage everybody to take this summer to try to rest and find rest restoration and healing as we process through the school year but I also want you to remember why did you get involved in this in the first place because I do find that when you remember that why it's very energizing and it's also very motivating to help you reach those goals that you want to reach. I also want to quickly give voice to those teachers who are remembering their why but now it seems that they have different dreams, different different roles that have developed because I do find for even myself over the years over the years my first dream that I had regarding education was I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to be the absolute best teacher I could be for my students I wanted to transform lives of students every single day one kid at a time like that was absolutely what I wanted to do that was my why so I feel like that was my first dream but As I am moving, you know, nearly a decade later, my dreams have kind of changed. They've kind of shifted. So you might be listening to this and you might be in that same predicament. Your dreams have kind of shifted in a way that it might not be you want to be in the classroom anymore. You want to maybe help other educators or you might want to help other students in a capacity that you can't do that in the classroom and I also want to speak to that and say that is completely okay that is completely okay because I think that's the thing with dreams aspirations and hopes we are allowed to dream new dreams as time goes on in researching for this episode I did just a quick google search and this is what came up for um kind of like a definition for what does it mean to remember your why. And I'm going to give my thoughts after. Your why is the reason you get out of bed in the morning and do all that you do. Your why is your purpose, what you believe you are meant to do here. Some of us know our why, some of us don't. And for some of us, it changes over the course of a lifetime. Knowing your purpose is so crucial because it gives you direction. I want to quickly interject and say, just going back to my um, episode three, the last episode about teaching identity crisis, I don't always believe that your purpose is what you do for a living. And I just want to give clarity to that because when I was deep into that teacher identity crisis, I felt like my job was all that I was created to do. And that's 
I don't want anyone to make that mistake because we are multifaceted human beings and we have this human experience that we're doing every single day. And I don't think that purpose can just be lumped into job. I think it definitely expands into every single area of our lives. Just think about every single person that you get an opportunity to connect with on a daily basis. The people you see at the grocery store, the person who's helping you at the gas station, you know, like I think purpose goes much, much beyond um, job. And you guys can let me know if y'all agree or um, disagree with that. But that was the story of my why. I hope that this episode has been encouraging you to think about yours. I'm going to wrap up on this final note. I encourage you to keep your why in front of you or at least easily accessible at all times because your true why will keep your heart grateful and your motivation pure. It will bring resilience and determination when you need it most cheering you on to accomplish all you are meant to be and do in this world. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. I can't thank y'all enough for just listening along with me. And I will talk with you guys again next week. Uh, We can connect on social media. On social media, all platforms, you can look me up. It's just at Hot Mess Teaching. Uh, Looking forward to chat with you guys on the socials. And thanks again for listening. I will talk with y'all in the next episode. Bye.